And what is up, everyone? You're listening to the Great Iron Fantasy Football Podcast for Tuesday, October 6, 2020. And I am Chip, and I'm your host, and thank you so much for listening today. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us as well. If you'd like to share our podcast, you can find us over on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. If you'd like to watch us, you can watch us over on YouTube at Great Iron Fantasy Football. So please hit subscribe so you don't miss any more episodes and to help support the show. Um, so today on, on today's episode, we're talking about all the my top waiver wire pickups for going into week five. And, you know, some of these names are going to be just names that obviously had good weeks. You always want to go into waiver wire claims on trying to figure out who exactly is the best pickup. So uh, I'm going to go over that in a brief moment. But let's go into some of the news that took place um, on Monday. Now, a surprise fire happened. Bill O'Brien of the Houston Texans was fired on Monday. Um, and we all kind of figured that this was going to happen. They're not getting off to a good start. Obviously, you know, Brian, uh, Bill O'Brien has done a lot of questionable things like trade away, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, tr- trade away a lot of first round picks for other, you know, supporting cast. And it just hasn't been working out. So if you guys didn't know, Bill O'Brien was the head coach of the Texans and the GM. So he pretty much all, he pretty much had all the personnel you know decision making to himself, and he really put that team behind when they were actually a decent team and they were a playoff team. And it just got to the point where it, they just they're just they're just going backwards right now, and it sucks because you're wasting talent like Deshaun Watson. You know JJ Watt you know has been a a focal point on that team for ever since he got drafted. They trade away you know Clowney and. I don't know, just a lot of a lot of weird things going on. So hopefully this turns around the Texans. But you know, Romeo Cornell is going to take over for the interim time. Um, and then, you know, going forward, I hope that they can find some identity. Uh, I really like Romeo Romeo Cornell. You know, he's a defensive coordinator, but he definitely um is a good coach. I think a lot of a lot of players like playing for him. So hopefully they're able to turn that around. And then going into some of the injury news. Uh, the biggest name we found out some results for our, for Austin Eckler. Now he suffered a grade two hamstring strain, so this is really good news. Um, we didn't know exactly how the injury was going to be, how it was going to play out, knowing on Monday how how severe it was, just based on the game on Sunday because he was unable to put any weight on. He was he was left he left the game in, on crutches and wearing a brace. So uh, for him to only have a grade two strain, which is really good news. Um, if you guys don't know what the different strains of muscle is, you know you have three grades. You got grade one, which is a, you know, a minor, a minor hamstring strain, which is minimal time away for, you know, in missing games. A grade two is a little more significant. Um, and then grade three is pretty much, uh, you're going to be out for a, a very long time. So with that being the case, I mean, a grade two is very good news. He's only supposed to be out four to six weeks. This was my initial prediction on Monday's episode. I felt like, you know, Without knowing the situation, knowing that he was a miss out with multiple, you know, multiple weeks, I felt like four or six weeks was a good, a good range. And that looks like that's what he's going to be on. But he's on, you know, IR with designation to return. So he's definitely going to come back this season if everything goes right, if his recovery goes right. But obviously, you're going to be missing some time with them. So obviously, this is a great episode to listen to all the people that you could replace them with. Um, now going to the Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb. Same thing. He had an MRI done on Monday. He's being put on IR because he's in the several weeks. He's dealing with an MCL injury. Same thing. There's different grades of MCL injuries. They didn't. I didn't see anything disclosed on how bad the the MCL 
um, injury was. However, they generally don't do surgical procedures for this. So with that being the case, he should be missing, you know, at least four weeks, four to six weeks as well. But the good thing is he's not going to be out for the season. The good thing is if you have Nick Chubb, you have a handcuff. If you're smart enough to pick up Kareem Hunt or some other players that that were available, you're going to get him back. So if you're able to, you know, just weather the storm and then hopefully get make that playoff push later on in the fantasy season, he'll be available for you to be able to bring home that championship. But that, you know, it just stinks to see these guys go down. Every week so far, we've seen a big name go down. I just hope this trend stops because we're, we're, we're running out of players to talk about. We're running out, you know, all of our stars that we look forward to watching every week are being, you know, being injured. And it just sucks to see see so many good players go down. And then in New England, uh, the New England Patriots put uh, Sony Michelle uh, on IR with a quad injury, which is very weird. You know, he had over 100 yards last week. And then this week he put he gets put on IR. So he's he's going to be at least missed four weeks. However, with this being the case, this makes Damian Harris so much more of a interesting pickup. Um, I'll be talking talking about him briefly uh, later on in a little bit in the podcast. So I, I reveal all my names, but uh, Damian Harris. I mean, he was a guy that I had I had stashed in my dynasty league. He I stashed him and put on my IR, and now I have to take him off my IR. So I got to drop somebody, but um, I'm glad I, I picked him up because. I like having a lot of depth, especially in a dice league when you have a deep bench. It's always nice to have these running backs um, just in case something happens because we have no idea on if there's going to be any more teams that deal with COVID that are going to miss games or games are going to be rescheduled or whatever the case may be. So I think having a lot of depth on your roster is going to make a lot of sense, um, especially if you decide to hold more players than usual. Like I think it's it's one of those seasons where it's just best to have as much, you know, as many people as you can on your roster that are going to be handcuffs or whatnot, or, or or even carrying a second quarterback if you're only playing a one quarterback league. You just want to try to have the upper hand on your opponents, and I think it's worthy to figure out the players that are on your rosters that are just dead weight. You're going to release those guys and and try to pick up guys that you know that will give you a good week if you if one of your players is is missing because of an injury. Or or our COVID. So, so before going into all the waiver wire pickups for Week Five, uh, let's talk about the Monday night matchup. So we had two games on Monday night. We obviously had the Patriots and Chiefs. It got postponed from Sunday to Monday night, and then we had the Falcons versus the Packers. And honestly, starting with the the Patriots versus the Chiefs, this was an ugly game. Very uncharacteristic of what we usually see from the Chiefs' offense. The Patriots did not look good at all on offense. So just an overall kind of a quiet fantasy game for the players that you had in this game. Um, the Chiefs won 26 to 10. And Patrick Holmes, right, you know, this game he threw for 236 yards and two touchdowns. So, you know, he obviously had a, a decent outing. He had another 28 yards rushing. Um, a quiet game from Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He had 64 yards on the ground and they had three receptions for 27 yards. Um, Travis Kelsey, you know, he. He had a decent game, you know, from a PPR standpoint, he had three receptions for 70 yards. But the story of the game was just, man, how how bad Brian Hoyer was <laughs> and Jared Stidham. I mean, it's crazy to see how much Cam Newton makes the Patriots better and how him not playing really makes that offense look just one dimensional. So I think that the Patriots cannot wait to get Cam Newton back. We just, we saw tonight how valuable Cam Newton is and how much like 
He's able to give you so many different looks, how he makes the receivers better. It was just a bad game overall for the Patriots. But the one bright spot that came out of this game was that it was Damian Harris. Damian Harris ran you know, 17 times for 100 yards. So he led he led the backfield in rush attempts. Um, he had a nice run, you know, for 41 yards. So I think Damian Harris, I'm going to be talking to him, you know, like I said, I'm going to be talking about him a little bit later, but uh, he's, he's the one bright spot. I think that um, from a pure, pure rushing standpoint, this is the, this is the juggle that we have with the New England Patriots backfield. We have one week, like last week, Rex, Rex Burkhead was a massive fancy option that was left unplayed unless you're like in real deep leagues. And then you got this week where he still got the rushing attempts, but he didn't get the targets. He only had one target to, uh, on Monday night. So James White came back in. He had eight targets for seven receptions and 38 yards. So this is what I said in last week's podcast about picking up Rex Burkett and trying to, you know, start him in your lineup this week is that we all have to consider that James White was not going to, James White was not playing because of fam, you know family issues or personal reasons because of what's going on with his family. And then, Rex Burkhead is the guy that took that role. So obviously he had a good game. And once we see James White back in the lineup, we saw Rex Burkhead not be as effective. So I think this is the the things that you have to pay attention to and, and, and consider when you're spending fab budgets on certain players and everything. But all in all, um, this game was, like I said, there wasn't really a lot of scoring that took place. And so, you know, in the fourth quarter, um, yeah, Tyreek Hill had a touchdown. Then you had, like I said, Miko Hardman had a touchdown later on in the game. So overall, that was that was the Patriots and Chiefs game, and then moving on to the Falcons versus the Packers. Man, the Falcons continue to look just just bad. You know, I I hate saying that, but it is what it is. They're zero and four right now. They lost the Packers thirty to sixteen, and on the other side of this, the Packers look great. The Packers have scored now in four games. They've scored 30, 30 points or more. Um, Aaron Rodgers continues to look good. He had four touchdowns on Monday night. You know, he he's 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 making all the all the haters just eat crow right now because everyone was kind of riding him off this this year because of last year and on how he was and how he looked like he was on the downside of his career but Aaron Rodgers continues to look good Matt Ryan an ugly game from him he only had 285 yards had no touchdowns um Todd Gurley he had a good game he had two touchdowns rushing he had 16 carries so he continues to get the bulk of the carries but he's only averaging 3.6 yards per carry so he's still He's still not. At, he's still getting the touchdown, so he's not. He's not killing your fantasy lineup. He's definitely, you know, he's definitely contributing. But you would like to see him get a little more more yardage. Um, Aaron Jones. This was a very quiet game with Aaron Jones. He did have a touchdown, but you know he he usually is the one that stands out because of Devontae Adams out. You know, Alan Lazardo was out, so every time Devontae Adams was not playing, especially last year, Aaron Jones picked up picked up the slack. So. We saw. I know it sounds kind of like a quiet game, but he did. You know, he did have seventy-one yards on the on the ground. He did add another five reception, forty yards. So, you know, all in all, it was a it was a a good a good outing for Aaron Jones. It's just not as that that like that blow up game that we used to see him. You know, see him having just when he's really the only only option. But I will say this is that the reason why I think that Aaron Jones didn't have a massive receiving game and have a, just a big fancy game just because. We have to talk about Robert Tanyan, man. He he continues to be a guy that he's he's proven the fact that he can be a reliable player. I mean, he has six receptions for 98 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, this is now three games in a row that he scored a touchdown. 
And I know he is benefiting from the fact that Devontae Adams is out and then obviously Alan Lazard, but I think the Packers found a, a, a good tight end and he is athletic. Um, he just, he just looks great. So I think that this is, this is a guy that uh, is becoming one of my must, must, you know, must pickups for, for week five. I mean, he definitely, especially if you need tight end help, but the downside of that, he's on a bye week in week five, but definitely a guy to add to your roster. All right. So let's move on to all the top waiver wire pickups for week five. Now I like going in order by position. So the first position I'm going to be talking about is quarterback. And the first guy on my list I'm going to talk about is Gardner Minshew. I know that he had a bad week three. I know that um, if you were listening to the podcast, I had him as a streamer, you know, in week three, and he just had a bad outing. But I think that was kind of a the anomaly of it because in the last three to four weeks, right? So three out of four weeks of the NFL season, he's that scored over twenty fantasy points. So he's that he's definitely has been a streamable and decent option for you, especially if you're out like you're out Big Ben this week, you're out Ryan Tannehill. You know, Cam Newton, like he's definitely a playable piece. So I think that Gardner Minshew continues to be a good ad. He plays Houston this week. You know, I think that's going to be a plus matchup for him. So if you're in the same situation where you need to plug somebody in because you're missing somebody, I think I think you do far worse than Gardner Minshew, but he deserves to be be added and be a streamable asset for your roster. And then going on to Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he had a great game on Sunday. He had his best fantasy game all season. Looks like the Carolina Panthers are starting to get things clicking on offense. So very good game from him. You know, he he plays Atlanta in week five, which obviously that's good for fancy quarterbacks because you just saw Aaron Rodgers throw for four touchdowns against them. And Atlanta just cannot stop the pass. They just can't stop anybody. So I think that Teddy Bridgewater becomes a good option for week five. And then last, I think Justin Herbert of the Los Angeles Chargers, you know, he plays New Orleans this week, but this guy, he, you know, I know just, or uh, Joe Burrow has been getting the attention of, you know, being the, the best rookie quarterback based on what his draft position was and everything like that. But Justin Herbert has become a very, just surprising player this year. You know, being surprised, having a surprise start because Tyrod Taylor was getting, you know, got his lung punctured by the doctor and then he goes in and plays. He threw those were 300 yards in his first game as a you know touchdown and a rushing touchdown. And then just what he did against the Bucks defense on Sunday, you know he had two long bombs that you know were great throws. He threw for another 300 yards. I mean he looks poised. He looks like he belongs in the NFL. And I don't think Tyra Taylor has any chance of getting his job back once he's healthy enough if he's able to come back this year. But you know Justin Herbert, you know he definitely it deserves an add on your roster. And then. Moving on to the running back position. I think one of the main ads this week is Justin Jackson of the Chargers. When we saw Austin Eckler go down, we know that he's going to be out for four to six weeks. You know that you're going to be able to get enough playing time with Justin Jackson because all they have is Joshua Kelly. Joshua Kelly is that bigger back. Um, Justin Jackson is definitely a a back that can, he, he definitely can run between the tackles, but he also is a good pass catcher, especially when you're playing a PPR format. But just, uh, Jackson is a guy that I would add to my roster. Even if you don't need running back help, you want to take any option away from the guy who does have Eckler because you always try to find ways to weaken your opponent's roster. So uh, Jackson is a, a good add this week. And then going on to Arizona, I think Chase Edmonds is a good add. You know, we saw that Drake, I didn't know this when I was recording the podcast yesterday, but Kenyon Drake left the game early with a chest injury. I don't know what, what it is, but that's three players that I've seen 
you had DJ Chark, you had Joe Mixon, now you have Kenyon Drake all being having their chest injured. I don't know what's going on <laughs> with everybody. I don't know if they need to do like just more more bench press or whatnot, but it's one of those things where this is the third guy that's been ha- has the same similar injury. But I think that you know we're seeing Kenyon Drake. We know that he's talented. We know that he's he's he definitely can put up fancy numbers, but he just he's just not getting it done. Um, so if he's if he's going to miss any time this year, I obviously Chase Evans becomes becomes a must add. And then going on to Cleveland because we saw Nick Chubb, you know, go down. Uh, the Ernest Johnson is going to be a good add as well because obviously you know that the Cleveland Browns are a very high rush offense. Like they're good. That's what they do. They want to pound the ball. And they're being very successful doing that with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Both players are very fancy relevant. Um, and then now I think that you know, obviously Kareem Hunt becomes the starter. And I think that Ernest Johnson becomes the the complement to him. Um, obviously, I think that obviously, you know, Kareem Hunt's the, the guy you're going to start every week. But, you know, Johnson had 13 carries for 95 yards on Sunday. He outcarried Kareem Hunt. So it's not like he wasn't being used. I think we saw who's going to be the backup now that Nick Chubb is out. So definitely a guy that you could probably grab for pretty cheap on off your roster, unless and you know unless you have you know you have to go obviously if you're you're going to be going against a Nick Chubb owner. So if if that's the case, then you know you have to determine what your budget is based on that. How much you're not going to you know how much you're you're willing to spend on somebody, but um, he's definitely a guy that is a a good add as well. And then I mentioned this earlier, but Damian Harris, if he's available, I had mentioned him a couple of weeks ago that he was a guy that you should add. Um, and I put his name out there just kind of floating around like, look, it's better to get on him now before we get to pay any fab all for him. Because if you're able to get these these guys early without them paying this, all the fab, then it's always going to be good for you. So you know, Damian Harris, like I said, he had 100 yards rushing on Monday night. So it's a guy that that he could go on the radar because of, because of the backfield in New England. But I think that he's definitely worth an add. And then in Tampa, uh, I think Kayshawn Vaughn, you know, he's a guy that you know, did well on, on Sunday. He had a receiving touchdown. Um, the thing about this is obviously Ronald Jones is the starter because of what's going on in Tampa. Ronald Jones is not, not going to be being getting any playing time taken away from him from Kayshawn Vaughn. But you got to think about the role of Kayshawn Vaughn. He is a more of a pass catcher. He's a more natural pass catcher than Ronald Jones. And you have to think we have now LaShawn McCoy is out. He's going to be out for a few weeks because of his ankle injury and they, the, the Bucks play on Thursday night. So, Obviously, he's not going to be available, McCoy. And then, obviously, Leonard Fournette's not going to be available. So, if you need a spot start for Week 5, I would, if you have no other option, I think Kayshawn Vaughn is a very interesting add. So, um, that's that's just, you know, that's just my take on that. And then, now going to the wide receiver position. The top wide receiver pickup on my list this week is Tim Patrick. A lot of people might have forgotten about him because they played on Thursday night, but he had a very good game. He had six receptions for 113 yards and a touchdown. You got to think, you know, all they all they have is Jerry Judy right now. So you got to think, Cortland Sutton's out for the season. Noah Fant is injured, so that gives that gives all the targets to Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick. So um, I know they have Deshaun Hamilton as there as well, but I think that Tim Patrick, you know, he's been ever since those guys went down, he's been actually balling out. So. Uh, he may be a quiet guy you can add for the cheap because sometimes people forget about Thursday night players that go you know go off. So um, and then going on you know to the New Orleans Saints, I think Traquan Smith is a guy that you, sh- you need a- you need to add. You know, right now he he had a great game on Sunday. He had two touchdowns. I mean, he is getting fourteen percent of the target share. Uh, 
Now, this is a, I'm very cautious with this one because obviously Emmanuel Sanders had a good game as well. And the difference was is that Traquan Smith has had got the touchdowns, right? And most in most leagues, Emmanuel Sanders is already owned. But once Michael Thomas comes back, I think we're gonna see a lot different, you know, target share, obviously. But he definitely is somebody if you need a spot star, he's definitely a guy you can access. I don't think, in my opinion, my, uh, Michael Thomas is coming back for week five. I think he's gonna come back in week seven after their bye. So he may be a, a good spot start this week. And then for Tampa Bay, Scotty Miller. You know, Scotty Miller, I've been talking about every single week on this show. I think he deserves to be added. He he led the team yesterday with five receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown. You know, I know Mike Evans, you know, Mike Evans has the most has the most receiving touchdowns for the Bucks, but Scotty Miller leads the team in in receiving yards. So Scotty Miller continues to be Brady's favorite target. You know, he is the West Welkler of this offense. He's the Julian Edelman. So I think anybody that you can attach to Tom Brady, especially in a slot role, I think makes sense. Now, does that change when Chris Godwin comes back? Absolutely, because Chris Godwin plays more in the slot. But like I said, right now we're dealing with a lot of injuries. We're, we're dealing with the unknown things of COVID and everything. So Scotty Miller is definitely a, a must-add for me. And then Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver LaVisca Chenault Jr. You know, he had a good game on Sunday. He had 14.1 PPR points. He has six receptions for 86 yards. Now, he definitely benefits from DJ Chark being back in the lineup. I, this guy's a very talented wide receiver. Um, he continues to be part of the offense, obviously. So I think that he deserves to be added. And then last, I think, I talked about him last week, T. Higgins. So T. Higgins had another good game. He was 4 for 77. He didn't have the touchdowns like he did last week, but he continues to have some production. You know, so far, that's two good PPR outings in a row. And honestly, I think the reason why T. Higgins matters is because it's clear that Ty, uh, Tyler Boyd is the number one receiver there. And A.J. Green, I don't know what to do with him. I think that he is now on that trend of being dropped. I think having such a poor outing, you know, I, I was defending him the last few weeks because I felt like him and Joe Burrow were close and connecting on multiple touchdowns. And it's just not happening. So, I don't know. I think that he, I may give him one more week to kind of see what he does, but it looks like AJ Green is a a droppable piece right now on your roster. And then now going on to tight end, I only have two tight ends this week. And the number one tight end that's a must add for me is Robert Tanyan. Like I had mentioned earlier, he had three receiving touchdowns on Monday night. Now that's five touchdowns in four games for him. You know, he obviously is benefiting from, from no Devontae Adams and no Alan Lazard, but I do think the way he's being implemented the offense, he's a guy that regardless of Devontae Adams being there and Alan Lazard coming back later on in the season, I think Robert Tanyan deserves to be added. And I think he can be a consistent player for you um, going forward because this offense is scoring points. I mean, they, like I said, they've scored 30 or more points in four straight games. I know not every game is going to be like that, but he's definitely he's definitely worth the add. He, like I said earlier, he does have a bye week, so you won't be able to play in this week. And then they play the Bucks the following week after that. Now, just because I watch a lot, a lot of Bucks games, the Bucks are very poor. They they definitely cannot guard the tight end. So especially if they have to play against someone like Devontae Adams and MVS and then Robert Tanya and they got to deal with Aaron Jones. I think this could be a sneaky game for Tanya against the Bucks. So uh, definitely a guy that you're going to add, but unfortunately you can't use him. You know, in week five. Then my last tight end is Mo Ali Cox. You know, he's been a guy that. Once Jack Doyle went down, he's he's been, you know, doing very well. He's scored two games in a row now. And 
He does play Cleveland in week five, which is a good matchup for him. He is, you know, so I want to say that he is Phillip Rivers' favorite target. You know, like I said, Phillip Rivers loves the tight end. So that's good news. The bad news is, is that there's Jack Doyle and then there's Trey Burton. So Trey Burton just got activated on the roster and then you got Jack Doyle. So does he, is he going to have to fight for targets for being fancy relevant? I don't think so. I think they're, they're seeing that Malay Cox can be that number one tight end for him. Um, he obviously is leading the tight end with all the targets. Like he leads the tight ends um, in targets for the, the Colts. So I think he's definitely, definitely a worth an ad. And I would say this um, as kind of a bonus tight end. I know that the Bucks don't really use the tight end much right now. We haven't seen it very, very much. But OJ Howard was is out for the season with the with the torn Achilles. So does that make Gronk more relevant? Did somebody drop Gronk in your on your in your leagues because Gronk was having a poor first half of the season? Right, the first quarter of the season. If he's there, he definitely is a must add to me because. I think that they're you know they're gonna they're gonna be down Chris Godwin for another game, you know they're gonna be down you know Mike Evans has a has a bum ankle he hurt his ankle so he's not gonna miss any time it doesn't look like but they're coming on a short week so I wonder if this can be a week where Gronk is implemented to the game plan a little bit more um, just because now all the Bucks have they have they have Gronk and they have Cameron Bray so we did see actually Cameron Bray, Cameron Bray and OJ Howard have touchdowns on Sunday. So I'm wondering if if Gronk is one of those guys. If he happens to be available in your league, if somebody dropped him, he must be he could be worth an ad just to kind of see how that plays out. So those are my top waiver wire picks for week five. Now it's going to be interesting to kind of see how your leagues you know determine what who they want because you're definitely going to have to pay up for some of these names. I think obviously Justin Jackson becomes the most expensive guy. I think it's going to be taken off the board first, um, off the waiver wire, and then uh, I think depending on what's going on with with uh, Kenny and Drake, Chase Evans becomes an interesting name. I think uh, Robert Tanyan, because he's he had a blow-up game on, on Monday night, I think he becomes one of those mo- more expensive ads of the week. But other than that, I think that you can really get these guys on the cheaper side. Um, but it depends, on, it depends on your roster structure. It depends on what you need. So you may have to go all out for some of these players because you have the budget, but then you're out some of these players that are dealing with injury or, you know, of COVID because we still don't know if the Titans are going to play in week five. So if you're a Derrick Henry owner and then whoever the, I can't remember who the Titans play in week five, but um, it's just one of those things where you have to be, you have to have a contingency plan. So just be careful and just make sure you have some backups. All right. So uh, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You know, please like comment and share this podcast on next on the next episode on Thursday, I'll be previewing the Thursday night football game. Um, it's the Bucks versus the Bears this week. So don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss that episode. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us over on Twitter and Facebook at the Gridiron Pod. And you can find us on Instagram at Gridiron Fantasy Football. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, and we'll see you on Thursday. <laughs>